0: Get ready to challenge conventional beliefs about what's possible in creating health, wealth, and happiness. You are listening to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge. This hit show is providing you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. It is time to open and expand your awareness, accelerate your well-being, as Megan shares wisdom, teachings, and experience from a lifelong journey of the heart. Enact the power of radical change with ease and lift your desires to a new perspective. Now,
1: here's Playing on the Edge Radio. Yeah, wow. Everybody, Megan. Uh, Let's kick it off here. For those of you just tuning in or have not heard Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge, I'm Dr. Pat. I get to sit in a seat here next to Megan as we do these fantastic shows. But one of the things we don't do often enough or, you know, hear from me, um, I love Megan being part of the Dr. Pat Show Network, but also part of Transformation Network and Transformation Talk Radio. And what I love about this is we don't take enough time, usually in these shows, to really introduce ourselves. And I want to make sure you know a bit more about who Megan Edge is. Now, what I want to say is I've watched Megan do more incredible things to elevate each of us in many, many ways. Whether it's getting a copy of her book and the cards that go with it, the Healing Heart Oracle cards, just looking or working with her, hearing about what she's doing, the circle she's created. But even beyond that, it's when I think about how Megan over time now has become this person that has invited women in for transformation beyond the beyond. And this is a very powerful and much needed body of work today. Um, It is something that for those of you that don't really know who Megan is, you can go to Megan Edge and it's real simple. It's meganedge.ca. And when you get there, you'll get to meet her. You'll get to think about what she's doing in healing, the heart's journey. You'll get to see how she's expanded her classrooms, but is known for the pivotal, confident healer. And one of the things I've learned from Megan in the time we've been together is that we are in the space now where if you are not working with somebody to help you master manifesting, and she offers that class, or an IEM certification, which you may talk about, You know, what I want to say to all of you is the journey that we take now is not one of these journeys we can take alone. We have done that before. Now, I can't speak for men. I can only speak for the fact that Megan and I both work with women in groups, and I am watching women from all walks of life move to levels of accomplishment, even in crisis times. I'm watching them excel and be of service and be so much more. And so this is what I want you all to know about who Megan Edge is. And there's so much more. But today, this is why when we do a show like this, that's on the edge of right and wrong. That's today's show. It's important to know who Megan is, what she has fought for. And where we are today in that conversation about being on the edge of right and wrong. Megan, it's so powerful to have this conversation and to be part of a conversation so that we understand the energy that is available to us and what our choices are. Thank you for bringing this great show forward.
2: Well, thank you for that amazing introduction, Pat. Um... Wow, <laughs> I I feel very humble. Mm. Um, and I was thinking actually this morning how this is our fourth year now of doing yep. the shows together. Yeah, and I'm so grateful for you, and I'm so grateful for the whole TTR team, and I'm so grateful that I said yes to working with you. That I made the right choice, <laughs> mm. <laughs> which I thought was a really beautiful way to lead into our show yep. show today, as we're looking at right and wrong and we're looking at it from a personal experience of what does it feel like when you feel that you're right or when you realize you've you're wrong and how does that show up for us and what does that what does that do for us yeah. and then we're also going to take it out to the bigger picture and the world at large and look at some very pivotal right and wrongs that are happening right now in the in the world and explore the consequences of um i guess government bodies or people in leadership deciding for us what is right and what is wrong and then at what point are we accountable
1: yeah and i think right what you're mind. talking about is and i love the way you phrased it and i want to just be clear that megan and i live in different countries and yet we have the same idea and just to clarify for those of you in the us you know we're going to talk about the right and wrong that you feel inside. And then we're going to talk about how the infrastructure of that, whether we call it government, whether we call it states, whether we call it providences, right? Whether we call it uh, chambers of commerce or whether we call it parliament, whatever we call it. uh, And I don't actually know what we call, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 Merkel, this This incredible woman, I cannot, I'm fixated on her. I'm just fixated on the woman. Uh, Leadership in Germany. I don't know why we don't talk about her more often. I'm not quite sure what her day looks like, but here we are today and we are looking on the edge of right and wrong.
2: Yes, absolutely. So let's start with the personal experience of right and wrong. And the question that I want to put to everybody is just, just to give this a thought do you have someone in your life who always needs to be right? Or do you, if you're really honest with yourself, do you always need to be right? Because it can feel really good to be in the right. Right? <laughs> and I think we all have people in our lives who who we we realize they they just can't be wrong. And it's one thing to decide that your position is is really important to you and you want to defend that position but it's another thing when the need to be right becomes um like a psychosis you know and there there is in fact a condition uh, well actually the condition that i that i found when i was doing our research was the condition of the fear of being wrong which is a phobia Mm -hmm. a psychological condition but the condition of always needing to be right borders on the megalomaniac spectrum of of psychosis i would say mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. what do we do with that you know how do we how do we deal with somebody in our lives who always needs to be right i know from my own personal experience i had someone in my life for a very long time who who loved to be right but more than that loved yeah. to make me wrong yeah and that's a tough relationship to be in. it
1: is it's It is. And I love we're talking about this, because for me, I always like to look at who are the people out there. You know, one of the most fascinating studies, and I just want to be clear, we are talking about empirical research, things we found, but there's a really great study about the psychology of morality. And it is a review of the empirical studies that published from about 40, 1940, up until 16 and 70. So, you know, in the world we live in, we call a meta, meta analysis. Everything is a meta. I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> um, it must, the word must mean something. But when somebody goes to the extent, Megan, this is how important this is. And isn't it interesting that this study was done recently, published in 19... 19- And so we're starting to see people look at the conversation of right and wrong. And, you know, and this study in particular is foundational for our conversation today.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So are you going to quote it or am I?
1: (laughs) Um, I, What I'm doing is I'm setting the stage for people that listen to say, let's, this is a conversation
2: Mm -hmm. That we
1: are trying to wrap our minds around in our Mm -hmm. contemporary world right now. Yes. We are trying to wrap our minds around the decisions we make and why we make them and how to be true to ourselves. See, do you see what I'm saying? And how to be true to ourselves. Mm hmm.
2: Yeah, And that that's a really important piece. And yeah. one of the things that I will say to clients or to students when I'm sharing information or teaching them about different things that I teach on is that I don't need to be right about any of it. And for me, that's a life philosophy. I don't need to be right. I can be wrong. And I'm totally okay with that because I'm not making it personal, whether you agree with me or don't agree with me. I do believe that there'd be a lot less arguments and a lot less fighting in the world if we could agree to disagree when we get to the point in the conversation where we realize we don't have influence over somebody else's ideas or beliefs. But what we often end up doing instead is that we hang our coat, our our coat of self-esteem on somebody else agreeing with us. And if they don't agree with us, then Then really, there's there's a part of us that feels like somehow we have been invalidated, yeah, or or unfulfilled, yeah, yeah. And I see it all over the place, and I see it now. I mean, it's everywhere. How how
1: are you seeing it? Do you mind? Can we let's take a deeper dive? Sure. uh, Into this, because what I love about this is. You know, whether it is an abstract uh, conversation or a conversation on empirical research, you know, one will always agree that no matter how you define this, it's like defining integrity, Mm -hmm. although integrity is easier to define. You know, when you look at right and wrong, and especially in some of these articles, there's always the Mr. Spock analysis of the greater good. Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: There's
1: always that Spock you know, I can't remember when he sacrificed his life for the, you know, for the greater good of the numbers or something. Mm-hmm. But you know, what we're looking at here is we're looking at the paradoxal and sometimes uh, dilemma in you as an individual, me as an individual, and let's just call the rest society. I don't know what else to call it. What do you want to call it? <laughs> yeah, society we call works. <laughs> it. Well, society sure. works because yeah, community, society, uh, and vantage point. whose vantage point? Mm-hmm. And there's a reason we're having this conversation. To be really clear, you know, we are not the only people having a conversation about mandates that have been imposed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're Facebook right now, and if you're YouTube right now, we're talking about factual things on the show. So you're not going to hear from us things that are personal. We're talking about data. And the dilemma of data right now is very clear about what happens in any society Mm -hmm. when there is a thing called an edict or a mandate. There will always be people on multiple sides of a coin. Yes. And do we have the right to have an opinion about right or wrong, Megan? Well, here's the thing, we can look at
2: the data, we can look at facts. And, you know, here's an example, numbers don't lie. However, <laughs> people can lie with numbers. Right? I mean, a, a number is an empirical definition of an amount of something. That's what I mean, that's what a number is. But did you know that 89.2% of statistics are made up?
1: Oh, I do know that. Right? <laughs> sounds sounds not right. To go, I gotta tell oh, you, yeah. not- not my research. I'll tell you, I, I had uh, Angela Merkel on, as my committee committee chair and the head of the statistics department. So I, I went through hell to get that data. But <laughs> it's so easy, though. Yeah. Not to go through that kind of rigor. And you know that,
2: right? That's what we're seeing a lot of. There's a there's a vagueness in information. There's a va- what I'm seeing is a vagueness in mainstream information that is not being backed up by the the data. Um, But then to try to find the data, that's Mm -hmm. being censored in many cases. So how is a person to find out what is actually being said or what is the study underneath the claim that is being made, the claim that is supporting and holding up a mandate that has an enormous impact both psychologically, emotionally, and economically on people? If the leadership can't demonstrate where that information is coming from, Mm -hmm. then how right are they and what rights do they have to implement response when they're not willing to back up the reason for the response with the information Mm -hmm. if they don't have it? I, I love research. You give me a word, a concept, an idea, and I am down that rabbit hole so fast. (laughs) I have done an enormous amount of research over the last 18 months. And I found some very interesting things, but I'm not going to be satisfied until I get right down to the original study. What is the original research? What are the original numbers? You know, show me the money. Show me the numbers. Once you have those numbers, once you have those statistics, you have that data, it's it's easier to my mind to have a conversation that is intelligent and non-emotionally charged, or at least not as emotionally charged, because both people can look at the data and say, okay, so here it is right in front of us. It's neither right nor wrong. It's just there. Yeah. And then because yeah. we're human and we are emotional creatures, <laughs> then we will start to have opinions, about what that actually means but that's okay i mean that's that should be what conversations are all about it doesn't have to be all about the facts it can also be about what we think about the facts yeah what i'm seeing in the conversation about right and wrong right now is that the division that is happening in countries communities families workplaces it's just absolutely stunning to me the levels to which people are going to, to show that they are right, that their opinion, their view, their science is right. And now it's getting ugly. And that's mm-hmm. unfortunate. Because once it gets ugly, and once it's coming from a need to be right, and once it's coming from a place of fear of being wrong, we can't have a conversation any longer, not mm-hmm. one that will be productive. Mm
1: hmm. And, you know, let's talk about this from a couple of uh, sides of the coin and let's let's talk. Let me talk specifics in my country, if I could, for a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to talk about a couple of things that just are just flat out. This is what's going on. Mm -hmm. And there's I'm not going to there's not a judgment on my part about it, because I think part of the conversation, as it does in the study. That was put out. They break it down in a couple of parts. They talk about right and wrong as morality and social order. Then they talk about the social anchoring of right and wrong. What does it mean? Meaning, what are the social implications about right or wrong? Uh, and then they go on to talk about our self concept. You know that you know we need to understand ourselves in the evolution of this. But the most important thing that I found in this study was the conversation they had between, believe it or not, thoughts and experiences. Mm -hmm. This is what we're seeing play out here in this country. Let me give you an example. President Biden makes an announcement about a vaccine mandate. And people are looking at that from many, many different perspectives. But the conversation is, oh my gosh, that is so like fill in the blank. Then in the United States of America, and I know this is for you, we have the governor of Florida who doesn't agree with that, but again, does a mandate to find people that impose the vaccine. So on the one hand, you got this body of government saying, you must do this. On the other hand, equally right or wrong is another person using his power to tell people right or wrong in the reverse way. This is like a lose-lose scenario for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's not going to stop. Yeah. It's not going to stop. If you take the conversation out of the vaccine conversation, and let's flip it to something else, equally right and wrong. One of the greatest, I think if we were to have a a right and wrong conversation, you and I have had this before, but let's just talk about it. There's nothing more right or wrong, controversially dialogue, factual or non-factual, legal or not legal, as pro-life versus pro-choice in the United States of America. And the Supreme Court's decision not to hear a case from Texas has now allowed Texas to impose some of the strictest anti-abortion laws where you can actually earn a living in Texas if you rat on somebody. So right and wrong, let's get to the conversation. You and I are not seeing, you know, the conversation about right and wrong but we're talking about the fact that we can't even have a conversation about this without getting in some kind of trouble. Yes. I can't even, you know, somebody said to me, don't bring up Texas, Pat, don't talk about Texas on your show. And I said, why? They said, because uh, people can actually get paid for hunting you down. If you disagree with governor of Texas. And I'm like, what? So give me your perspective of what's happening where you are.
2: Mm, Well, where I am in Canada, in British Columbia, <laughs> um, somebody asked me as we started this the show, uh, how, "How are you feeling?" I said, "Well, I'm feeling interesting," <laughs> <laughs> because a few weeks back, our esteemed leaders and leadership announced that vaccine passports were going to be rolled out, and as of Monday, that's yesterday, that is the case. So unless you have been double injected you are considered not vaccinated. And as such, you get lumped in with all of the anti-vaxxers. And that's anybody, anybody who for any reason whatsoever, whether it's medical or religious, or they don't qualify for it, or they simply don't agree that this is the only way that a person can be safe from this virus, then they are considered to be an anti-vaxxer. So we're we're seeing language Mm -hmm. around right and wrong. Yeah with all of this
1: yeah just like we did in pro-choice pro-life
3: exactly and
2: and what it comes down to is when we look at right and wrong then we're really looking at our rights what do we have the right to expect from leadership and government what do we have the right to expect from law and and legal the illegal industry what are my rights when i get to a stop sign do i have the right to go through a stop sign no there's a law that says i have to stop and make sure it's safe Do I have a right to my body? That should be a no-brainer. And yet, there's Texas. Here's the province of British Columbia saying, you actually kind of don't. I mean, you do, but not if you wish to go to a restaurant or a bar or play on an adult sports team.
1: Yeah, or like being out in public. Being out in public. Basically, we're saying like, okay. So basically, what we're, we're saying is, you're totally effed if you go out in public and you either wear a mask, don't wear a mask, have a vaccine, don't have a vaccine, and you know. Look, I it's a slippery the, slope. I didn't say the f word, Benny. I didn't. <laughs> I caught myself on that. I was just taking a quote from one of our listeners. I know, and I appreciate it. Thank you. I, I, just I, I, I got a, a more I got a more graphic text message that came in about it. But we're not talking about any of this. And I want to be really clear for Facebook and YouTube. We're not talking about an opinion about this. We're talking about facts. In the Mm -hmm. United States of America, Washington state right now, what's going on is everybody's suing everybody. State troopers suing government and inslee. The attorney general is suing Texas. Okay. This morning. I want, to just, I want to just leave you with this. I got a different perspective this morning. Mm-hmm. I interviewed Amanda Betancourt. Short interviews. I do these crazy little short interviews, but man, are they jam-packed. Amanda represents the American Association of I'm-going-to-get-it-wrong nurses. Mm. And she did a show with me this morning and gave me an interesting perspective that I didn't have. About what their journey is. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a show about right and wrong. This is not a show about us telling you what's right or wrong. Mm -hmm. This is a show about looking at right or wrong. When we come back from break, where do you want to go with this, Megan? Because to me, when we feel like our choice Mm -hmm. and freedom to choose, and don't get me started on Texas because I'm telling you, Gloria Steinem, where the hell are you, girl? (laughs) But when when our choice is taken away from us, to the point of becoming a criminal, a family member becoming a criminal, even inquiring, even inquiring out of state, making a call to another state, if I find you, I can get a $10,000 reward for you doing that. Is that right? That feels not right to me. That is the law in Texas. And I want to be factual. When we come back, Facebook Mm -hmm. and YouTube, it is the law. My friends, family, some of their family are Mm -hmm. moving to Texas to make a lot of money, to find a lot of people. And I'm going to tell you something right now. Somewhere our people of color family are going to rise up, Because this is a population
3: mm-hmm. that is
1: most affected by these severe acts, mm-hmm. and the level of awareness that you all need to have if you live in this state, and boy, let me tell you about the population in Texas. You need to become aware of what's happening. When we come back, Megan's going to take us through the journey on what does it mean to understand that you do have choice but what if it's not there for you anymore Mm -hmm. let's take a short break everybody we'll be right back are you feeling the complexity of life Do you feel that urge to step into something
0: greater? Tune in to Nailed It Radio. Find your simplicity within your complexity with me, life coach, Carrie Nail. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com to discover what it means to use your full power to be the best version of yourself. Imagine stepping into the energy of saying yes to yourself and knowing you nailed it. For more information about me, visit carrienail.com. Are you ready to invest in your best self? Join Sabrina Wright as she shares tools for creating joy and balance in your life every single day. Sabrina is here to help you become your greatest advocate and empower you to make decisions that will help you live your best life. The Live the Good Life Show, connecting your physical and spiritual self. Every second Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Find Sabrina at the Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T, Balance.com.
1: Tune in to the show, Heart, Change Consciousness with me, Dr. Trish DeRosher, as stories of inspired activism come to life. Listening to conversations with your favorite authors, change makers, and many more who practice inspired spiritual activism and transform vulnerabilities into sources of strength. Let's be inspired together through my show, Heart Change Consciousness, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, I want to make sure for all of you know that when I'm talking about information on Dr. Pat, when I'm talking about information, let me tell you exactly where you can go to find it. Um, and there are several studies, but the one I quoted earlier in the show and Jamie, perhaps when you do the edit on this, I'd like you to put this um, um, citation up. Uh, It is the Psychology and Morality Review Analysis and Empirical Studies published in the SAGE journal. And SAGE is a social, uh, I think I'm even published in SAGE, but you can go and you can find this in journals.sagepub.com. It is a article posted in January 18th of 2019. It is a very thorough article. I'm sure everybody can get to it. I want to also say that my other reference, which are probably referenced during this segment, is also from, uh, and this is important to know, it's also from critical care nurses. This is from Amanda Betancourt, the AACN president-elect and associate professor, Department of Family and Community Health. I also want to tell you that this information that we're about to talk about is documented, And you will be able to find it on uh, Hear Us Out or some of the other sites we will mention because we are going to talk data now. But more than that, we're going to talk the freedom to choose, Megan, aren't we? And MeganEdge.ca, get a hold of Megan. All right, Megan. Get a hold of me. It's your turn now.
2: I will ask if you do get a hold of me, be respectful, please. Uh, you I'm know, not really interested in having people yell at me or slander me or call me names or yeah, any of that sort of stuff. I will not yeah, respond to any I, I, of that.
1: I, I'm kind of used to it, although I love when our <laughs> listeners correct me about things and just like the text message I got that I share part of it. You know, I love that they go to Transformation Talk Radio. I mean, my gosh, if you looked in the back end and saw some of the feedback and questions, amazing questions from our listeners, I'm so glad we can provide a forum to have this conversation. So give me your Mm -hmm. sense. Give me the Megan Edge State of the Union in this conversation of of being on the edge of right and wrong.
2: Okay. Well, as as it relates to something very poignant and important right now in our lives, which is The policies and the ways in which government and leadership are mandating behavior in order to stop um, the spread of a virus okay so one of the things i said earlier I, i love numbers i i got really curious when this whole thing started what were the numbers what was the percentage of people immediately impacted by this virus compared to the population of of an area because that's how you get that statistic it's a very simple mathematical equation you divide the population by the number of people affected. And here we are 18 months later and I want to share this with you and this and this these numbers come from the CDC website they come from the BC CDC website, so this is the British Columbia yes. CDC website okay Center for disease control, these are as vetted numbers as you could possibly get they're also not the easiest numbers to find when you go to their websites and we'll just let that hang for a moment um but here's where we are right now so as of August 21st 2021 the population of british columbia is 5 5 million people 5 uh, um 5,170,000 people okay And there have been a total of 1,804 deaths due to or related to COVID-19. The calculation demonstrates that this affects or represents 0.023% of the population. I've done the math as well, and I've gotten numbers as low as 0.00036% of the population. This is a simple, straightforward calculation. You can't make these numbers up. You go to your calculator and you put the numbers in. So when I see that, and I want to be very clear about something here in the whole conversation about right and wrong, I am not for one moment saying that there has not been a virus, SARS cov 2 influenza. That's what it's called. That's the data on it. And I'm not saying that it hasn't had an enormous impact because it absolutely has. What I am interested in is why has that impact been so egregious when... You look at this data for BC. I'm only speaking about British Columbia right now. Although I have done, I've crunched the numbers for the whole my country, Mm -hmm. every province in my country. The response from leadership is not equal to the risk demonstrated by this analysis. Mm -hmm. Anywhere across the board, I've done the numbers for the whole world, and and the numbers are virtually the same. Less than one half of one percent of the population. So with that in mind and it's just it's interesting to me these are just these are just numbers except that government and leadership are giving us numbers and not citing the source i'm citing the source i'm telling you where these numbers come from i'm not making this up okay the next question where i go then is so then why is everything seemingly out of control we're being told and this is we're being told this by government This These injections are the only way. But is that right? Because it's not what I've learned when I've done my research, looking at peer-reviewed, gold standard, meta, whatever you want to call it, studies into mainstream medicines that are very effective by all the tests and studies that have been done, at preventing, treating, and healing from this particular virus. And here's where Facebook and YouTube, your censoring, your list of what we can and cannot say, what you have considered to be right and not right or wrong, does not allow for that conversation to happen. Why?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is the question. Um, I, you know, where, let me tell you where I think this goes, and I'm going to skip to a different scenario, but it is the same idea. Am I not going to be able to talk about the right to choose on these social media platforms? Because now we have in the United States government laws being implemented, am I not going to be able to have a conversation about what is happening? And how to get people help? Mm -hmm. When a woman is raped in the state of Texas, and check the rape numbers for the state of Texas, everybody, please, Go to the website that you can get the abuse stuff and the family. Please go to the website. I'll find it by the end of the show. But when you are now saying to somebody that you have just been raped in the state of Texas, and if you dare make a phone call, whether it be in the state or out of the state, there could be a bounty for you. In my lifetime, this whole idea of taking one's freedom to choose what we do with our bodies Mm -hmm. is so more than a COVID conversation right now for me. It is so handmaid's tale. And it is so affecting the people of color in the United States of America, and I'm asking myself, Black lives better speak up and help us understand that Black Lives Matter because do the math, look at the populations affected by this. You and I, we are sitting here as white women, although I did find out a little bit about my heritage, so I'm still trying to work out that whole Brazilian grandfather thing. Um and I don't know what to do to help these to help people. When I was 20, I knew what to do. Mm-hmm. I knew what we were doing. I knew we were on the streets every weekend. And I'll tell you social media has made us lazy as women and uneducated about the rights that we've already lost in the United States. Let me be clear, this is factual. In the United States of America, two months ago, women, if you're not furious about this for yourself or your child, please fact check me. The Congress passed a bill that would have given women the ability to have equal pay. The Senate, not just voted it down but it went through the senate like a whisper and why are we not as women enraged it went by so quickly to deny women the right to equal pay can you see the thread here megan can you see what's happening in the thread
2: well absolutely and i can i've seen it for a very very long time mm-hmm. there is a bigger picture that is happening here mm-hmm. And there is really no way to have this conversation without there being some personal input in it. I mean, we can talk facts and data until we're blue in the face, but the reality is that lives are impacted by policy that is being made based on data, whether it is good, bad or neutral.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: For me, when you ask the question, you know, what do we do about this? How do we... How do we, how do we integrate this? How do we deal with this? How do we look at this horrific experience and say, how did this even happen? How is it? Yeah, I'm trying to ask that. (laughs) Who,
1: who let this happen? This is what I mean by it's a slippery slope. How could you not give women equal pay? I I mean, I'm just, I can't even like, Jessica's like, oh, here she goes again with that story on the equal pay.
2: (laughs) It's important though. (laughs) It's important, though, because let's go let's go back to the initial question about right and wrong on yeah. the edge of right or wrong. Yeah. You know, you can you can say it's black and white. It's either right or it's wrong. But no, because there's no. ethics and morality that come into it. Yeah. Right. There is personal experience. There's personal opinion. There's fear and there's the trigger that comes from that fear that is where the behavior comes from or where the belief comes comes from. Yeah. So maybe maybe in Texas, there were women involved in the implementation of this particular law. And maybe they have a very strong moral compass based on a religious belief or a moral belief about abortion Mm -hmm. and lives and all of that. Mm -hmm. Maybe, but I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. and, And, you know, maybe the fact checkers can check this out for me, but I'm pretty sure that most of the people making those
1: laws and policies are white
2: men. Older white.
1: Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, let's talk about a law and then a law. There's a law that Texas could have implemented that would have been enough to appeal to the Texas body population, most Texans. There would have been a simple law that the governor could have imposed. But it went so far beyond that. It went to the point of not only can you not do this here. But you can't even call somebody for help about it. You can't even get information about it. And, you know, I mean, look this up. You know, a $10,000 bounty, where are they getting the budget for that from? You know, I mean, it went so extreme that you can't even telehealth, telehealth call. Mm -hmm. That's where we need to get educated and aware. So all I'm trying to say is this is not a show. About whether this political decision is right or this is wrong. For me, please, all of us, men and women alike, let's get informed. Because if we're not informed, if we're not looking and getting ourselves informed in order to make these decisions, and I have a friend in Texas who didn't know anything about this, and she is shocked, lives in Texas. Works with women, and so for me and this show today on the edge of right or wrong, every one of us has to look at it. I want to give you a flip scenario because let's see, if we have a few, we have ten minutes left, and I want to go to the flip scenario uh, because I've got a couple of text messages here. The flip scenario is I can't operate in my world because they won't get vaccinated. Now that is real. See, there are different perspectives that go on. You know, my freedom is being um, limited in the way I live my life because I'm playing Russian roulette in the public. The nurses' perspective this morning were more factual and more seriously warning. And so let's talk about them. They are looking at the surge. They've got numbers. More than 98% of the people in their hospitals are unvaccinated. This is the nurses. This is dedicated, and they're saying healthy young people are dying from COVID, and they gave numbers. One in three of the survivors will suffer debilitating neurological and respiratory symptoms. They gave websites. Everything is available. This was a 10-minute interview. And yet, this is a cry from the nurses in the United States of America to say, You haven't listened to us and helped us and supported us. You haven't given us any way to relieve our stress. You just haven't done it. And if you're not going to do something like that, how are you going to support us as a body of professionals so we're not burning out beyond the point of taking care of people that don't have COVID? This was their cry this morning on the edge of right and wrong. So, at what
2: point, out of curiosity, is a person does a person's experience become the normative narrative for right or wrong?
1: <laughs> what we're, that's why we're doing the show. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, right? look at that article. You know, the article doesn't give a definition; they give you scenarios. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what we're doing today?
2: Yes, and also we're playing with with numbers.
1: We have some to play it is like numbers. playing with fire, right? We have to play with numbers today. Yeah, we do
2: have to play, play with numbers. So so here's the other <laughs> here are some other numbers that are really important to the conversation if we're going to come back to mm-hmm. those who have chosen the injection and those who are who are choosing to or should not get the injections. There are there is an enormous body of evidence. There's an enormous body of work. You can go to the Pfizer website, you can go to the Moderna website. You can yeah. see the list of side effects, known risks. You can see where they say very implicitly, this is this is not a magic bullet. I mean, the media is telling us this is a magic bullet and the marketing is telling us this is a magic bullet. But there are, and I don't have a number, so I'm just going to be very, I'm just going to say this is what I've heard, but I don't have a source for it, it at my fingertips. There are breakthrough cases in those who have been double vaxxed are still getting it because a vaccine is not meant to prevent a vaccine is meant to mitigate mm-hmm. it's meant to lower the severity of the symptoms even these vaccines even though these mm-hmm. are vaccines that have never been put into human beings before that's a fact even though these are still a trial this is still an experimental medical treatment that's also a fact so to say it's a, and this is this is the wording up here. The wording up here is that it is a plague of the unvaccinated. The wording in Canada, when you say it The wording it in Canada. Thank you. This is a plague of the unvaccinated. <laughs> what? That's not how viruses work. Like, this is where I, I just keep coming back to when you do your research. Because I originally I was saying to people, just do your research. But then I realized that doesn't go far enough. Because if you only do your research on the first page that pops up on Google, you're not actually getting all the perspectives and all the research that's being done. Yeah.
1: You're just not. Yeah. Let me give you a real scenario to your point. And this is real. Went to my doctor. Now I'm one of the people that I have multiple things that I do for my physical health that are required. Some of the treatments would make most people cringe, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I am healthy but here's what happens I made a decision not to go get those treatments for a lot of reasons but I did get vaccinated for a lot of reasons mm-hmm. and when I went back to get these treatments and I talked to my doctor I said hey what can we do, do I need them haven't gotten them in a year I'm feeling great. No, not a good idea. Because what we've discovered, now I'm just telling social media, this is true. This is a fact. I'm sharing my personal doctor story. No, not a good idea. Because here's what we think we're finding. Here's what we think we're finding. People that got the vaccine and then got this treatment, it seems, and this makes total science sense, by the way, it seems like if you get the vaccine and you get the treatment, they neutralize each other. And so people that have gotten the treatments I get, which are millions of them in in the United States, this particular treatment or any treatment thereof like this treatment I get millions of you, and then you vaccinated thinking you're okay with the vaccination. That was news to me about two weeks ago. Mm. And I'm so glad I didn't get the treatment, but you know, I don't know. So you see what you're saying is so critically important. We need to ask questions. We need to find the information. You're not going to find this information what I just shared this is this is purse this is like what they're finding so you you can
2: find the information though and and this is what I I stood up in front of 2,000 people at a rally on September the 1st here in Victoria of business owners for the most part but also nurses and firefighters and doctors and the average individual person there were over 2,000 of us in front of the legislature lawn here in my city my home city and I stood up in front of all of them and I said you have choice you have health choices still now in canada there's a medication that has been used all around the world and i'm just going to go quick on this one but uh, there's lots there's so much information on it Um, been used all around the world for the last 40 years in people and it's a very effective treatment as a preventative and as a treatment even when someone is in the icu to deal with covid It is saving lives. But here in Canada, we can't get it. Here in Canada, anyone who talks about it is told how wrong they are. This is only a horse dewormer medication, and it's really, really bad for people. Really? Because the facts that I have found, the research that I have done, says very, very differently. It says that the man who discovered this won the Nobel Prize in 2015 for medicine for this particular medication that billions of doses have been administered around the world, that Merrick, one of the big pharma companies, holds the, it's, it can't be patented because it's a naturally occurring bacteria that is the basis of this medication, but they hold a creative process for it. And it is being denied. The, that nurse that you interviewed today, I wonder if she knows about this medication because it is being used in the United States. It's being used in many, many hospitals because of how effective it is. If she knew about it, she could give it to those patients and they would get better. And the science is there and the numbers are there and the data is there. And there are hundreds of studies. When I went to PubMed, and so PubMed is, is in the US, it's a body where people can bring in peer-reviewed re- research. That's where I go to get a lot of my information. The first page of PubMed, if you look up this medication, whose name we cannot say, by the way, it's been censored. It's on the list of words we're not yeah, allowed you to say. say it. You can't say it. Mm-mm. ridiculous but you can't say it Mm-mm. um 10 on the first page 10 research articles pop up mm-hmm. looking at specifically the effect the antiviral effects that this medication now we under, we understand now has on specifically this virus that we're that we're talking about it is saving lives now is it right that we can't know that is it right that i've had people yell at me and tell me what an idiot i am that i'm proposing that this medication that's been around for 40 years is only or is more than horse medicine <laughs> and is saving lives that i'm being i'm being and now this is this is going to be somewhat of an emotional response but i'm being blacklisted out of my family um our our social media platforms are saying we can't talk about it but there are high, high caliber doctors who are, like the top of their field, virologists and immunologists, mm-hmm. who are trying to get the word out. Have been for over a year. Yeah. Right. So, this the debate of right or wrong. It's 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 not one we're going to cover or or you know completely
1: solve. In right. the but I want to I want to make an announcement yeah. though. I I want to say to you in the United States uh, or globally. You're going to find the conversation on what we're talking about in Forbes magazine. You'll be able to see it. Uh, you'll be able to look at the magazines in the Advocate and other places about this now. Um, and so you'll be able to start to see bigger conversations by people that are talking about solutions. Um, and what I would say is, you just Google them. That's all I can say. Is you can Google. Um, these articles for alternative, you know, what they're finding in the science of treating COVID nineteen. You can Google that. So the um, have
2: the website for PubMed, just for anybody who's curious, mm-hmm. uh, the main like the homepage website is.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I'm just trying to find it here. Hang on a second.
1: And by the way, you can go on YouTube, and there's research on these drugs that are being or solutions that are being listed so everything okay. megan and i talked about today can be found absolutely count. yeah so it's pubmed p-u-b-m-e-d dot n-c-b-i
2: dot n-l-m dot n-i-h dot gov you've been listening to playing on the edge radio with megan edge tune in
0: each month on transformation talk radio and the dr patch show network providing you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. If you've missed any part of this episode or want to find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca.